Hello guys, and just before we get started with today's, today's episode, I'd like to make two quick announcements. First, I'd like to apologise for some of the sound issues on uh, my audio. Uh, for some reason, it seems the during the podcast, the um, it was you recording through the mic, the microphone in the laptop, even though I was speaking through my own microphone, which everyone else could hear. So I do apologise, I've edited as best I can, but it is a little bit ropey. Also, Matt couldn't join us for this episode, but Matt wanted to uh, debut a new section, which is all about uh, the news in the European meta. So I will edit, put that in now, before the episode starts, because there's no clear point where to put it into the actual episode, and then hopefully from next episode that'll be part of the normal show. Um, as always guys, thank you very much for listening, uh, we really means a lot to us and uh, I hope you enjoy the episode.
Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Sovereign Bannerman. I am your host for tonight, Joe, and I am joined by regular host Ben. Hi guys. And our guest for tonight is Wama. Hello. So, how is everyone tonight? Absolutely shattered, but otherwise good. Perfect time to do a podcast. Oh yes. yes. <laughs> how about you, Wama? Well, thanks. How are you, Joe? I am okay. Glad it's I, I like the idea that we just begin the podcast by just cordially greeting each other, asking how we are. <laughs> how are you, you listeners? It's a simple one. Yeah, it's a yeah. Please leave a comment telling us how you are. And then regardless of what the answer is, we continue with what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Yeah. We, we, so. like, we do like a kids' TV show where it's like, are you going to help me? Oh, thanks. This is kind of what the kids have said anything. And like, oh, thanks for helping. All right, so... This week, we are going to talk about all of the spoilers that have come out and ruined all of the other podcast days, because we had nice new spoiler images to share. We have pack five, pack six, and the Martel box. And we're also going to discuss some of the results from the top ten plots from the last episode that Wham has kindly collated for us. How many people did you get results from? We got, in the end, uh, let me just do sums, uh, 22. Okay. Although that is including, like, me, you, and Matt. Well, yeah, we've seen it. Yeah, and we also have Joe, so Joe can very quickly run down his and... Oh, God, you're going to have to send me what mine are. (laughs) I remember my top I can tell you if you want. I've I've got it in front of me. You had uh, Varus's Riddle in 10th, Withering Cold 9th, Close Cool 8th, Trade Roots 7th, Nothing Burns Like the Cold 6th, Wardeners of the North 5th, Wardeners of the South 4th, Balamogulis 3rd, March of the Wall 2nd, and Counting Coppers as a not particularly <laughs> surprising first. <laughs> I, I generally stick with what I've got. I think there's only one I picked a bit hastily. I mean, that's Nothing Burns, but... Yeah? Yeah. I'm, no. I'm my top three. Fixed on completely. Yeah, I knew that before I did any of the other ones. Yeah, they're, they're all good plots in all fairness. <laughs> now, uh, going as far as that, I, I just, because I've got this in my notes and I want to bring it before I forget, and I think, it, I want to say it was Joe from Cincinnati mentioned it, but you have got to love the fact that Pat calls Someone Always Tells got completely spoiled. Hmm. Yeah. You're going to love the irony to that. <laughs> there is. Yeah, it's been unfortunate that there's been so many spoilers. It's like, it's good for the overall community to get to see all the cards, but it's also a bit of a shame when you get this sort of downtime now. Because all yeah. I'm doing is sitting here going, oh, I really want to play with this card, I really want to yeah. play with this card, and I can't wait to build with this. And, just and, want to cheat the and that's, shipping page. Okay. And that's one of the things, when you get like one or two cards, it's kind of cool, because like, I think there's an idea for a deck, but I don't really know, because I don't know what support's going to be for that. Especially yeah. some of the Martel cards, for the deluxe. Now we've seen the entire box, yeah, I'm deck building. But I can't do anything with it until, well, is the Martel box this month? We think so. Yeah. This month, but who knows. But yeah, it's that one-two punch of, here's a bunch of cards that you'd like to be able to use, but you can't. Yeah. And also, you now won't have any surprising new cards until probably like June at the earliest. Yeah. We had this in cycle two, and it was a bit disappointing because that it was largely, yeah. there was a bit of people spoiling it early and a bit of the draft packs, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we saw stuff like Corrin really early. I think I think there was one pack in Cycle 2 that got spoiled 
like at the same time that the previous one was released. Right. Um, like maybe one distributor accidentally distributed the wrong pack to a few stores or some, something like that. There was all the Chinese out, all the Chinese cards that got loose. Because at least with that, there was a hope that it was, well, some of the cards were mistranslated. So you didn't quite know, so you couldn't 100% know how things were going to work. But yeah, it's like a and, and so At least now we can start planning for Euros, because we basically know the card pool. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I imagine Euros will be the first four cycles and the deluxe is up to the Martel box. I don't think yeah. we're going to... Yeah, I don't think Shadows will be missed today, and I don't think Shadows will get will quite be in time. No, I, I think Shadows will probably be that the month, like just after Euros will get the Shadows I think back. If Shadows is before Euros, I think it will be close enough that it won't be legal still. Just uh, based off sort of working under the assumption we're going to get a new pack every four weeks, because that's usually what they yeah, go with. The, the other thing as well is the Shadows won't be fully probably fully formed enough to kind of be a, a yeah. thing for Euros as well, even if the pack did come out in time. Yeah, it's like that um, from the Shadow Spoiler article, the Shadow City for Martel. <laughs> yeah. like, it reduces the cost to put each card in the Shadows by one, and you can kneel it and discard a card from Shadows, draw, draw two cards. And it's like, yeah, that sounds pretty good, but you realistically you need, what, like 10, 10 or 12 Shadows yeah. cards? You can so like Anna, and there's multiple neutrals in the first pack. You're going to really struggle to make use of that. You're going to struggle to make a good deck out of that anyway. Yes. So... Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm still apprehensive about Shadows. I'm sure it'll be fine. I've been apprehensive about a lot of cards, and after I've played them for a bit, I'm, I'm getting used to it, don't you? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I guess what we're, we're gonna do, go, go for each pack, just go for a card that we kind of think is either cool or very impactful. Yep. Should we start with pack five? That probably would make sense. And can someone fill in while I remember what's actually in pack five? Yeah, I'm trying to hold it all down. I've got the the pack five ones in front of me. Um, I'm already struggling because there are four that I want to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm going to trust that Joe's going to talk about one of them. Why? Oh god! <laughs> Why do you think I'm going to talk about one of them? You, I think you're more of a wild card, Ben. I know what Joe's <laughs> been building. <laughs> Well, there's, yeah, there's two cards true. in here I could talk about, but one's more freshly on my mind since as I try to use it today. Yes. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Oh, what are you Joe's, Joe's been deck building with something that rhymes with downed sod. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a good pack for that deck thing, but we'll, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, so I'm going to pick a curveball option because um, I feel like it was on the ones that didn't get too much chat when the billions of spoilers were coming out. And that is the House Ironwood Knight. Uh, so as a reminder for listeners uh, or people that don't speak French and don't know what Google Translate is, it is a four gold, two strength, non-unique, loyal Martel character, military and power icons. It has the House Ironwood and Knight traits, and it has the reaction that after you lose a challenge in which it's participating, discard one card at random from the winning opponent's hand. So that reaction has no, like you know, limit once per phase or whatever, so you can get it in multiple challenges. Or if you have multiple ones in the same challenge, you can trigger each time. Uh, it's just after you lose a challenge in which it's participating, not as the attacker or as the defender. Um, and it's because it's too strength, like usually that would be a downside. But because the reaction is based around it losing, you can just put annoying chump challenges at opponents. And it's like, do you want to lose the claim or the card? And it also discourages chump attacks or military and power. 
And it's also, 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 <laughs> the perfect thing to defend a Theon Greyjoy challenge with, because it's the same strength and same icons. Yeah. It's, yeah? It's a card I... I definitely remember it being spoiled, but I didn't pay much attention beyond mm-hmm. that. And yeah, that's pretty good. Like, with the Shandy Stone sort of thing they're bringing out, it's... There's not much you can really do around it. Yes. Yeah. It, if it does a chump challenge at you, you either lose the challenge or you're losing the card, as you said. If you attack, they can. If they don't want to block, easy chump block. Yeah, and it, it's basically it's like Mace Calio, except instead of losing an icon, it's get intrigue claim. Yeah, I do have to keep reminding myself it's four cost though. That's maybe the only thing that puts me off it a little. But the four cost cards in Martell are. It's like, like four cost is usually where you get the beat sticks in Martell, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. usually your military power icons, isn't it? So it kind of just and varies up which one nice, you go nice for. The sun and palace spearmen are the ones yeah. you need to sort of think of. Uh, so, yeah, and both of them are pretty damn good. They are. It depends what you want from the deck. If you if you're trying to like focus on using that spot to be where you win the challenges, then maybe these guys aren't so good. Yeah, I, I I think they're going to be pretty annoying for people. I've just realised I don't remember the last time I saw a Knights of the Sun. I see Palace. Yeah, I, I, I think Knights of the Sun have dropped off because there's enough renown now. You've got like, the Vast of God's Grace. You've got Dark, Dark Stars got renown, is No, he's stealth. Oh, stealth. But you've got a little bit of renown, and because it's conditional around renown, and the Vast of God's Grace is renowned is a lot more useful. Yeah, uh, I think it's that, and it's also that Martel has developed a lot more of an attritional game. Mm. And so you don't really want to have to play characters that are only good if you keep them on the board. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you've got to draw them at the right time for them to actually be worth putting out, really. <coughs> um, unless you're doing like a... I, mean, I think they're, they're definitely better than like a Rakata build where you're going, right, I'm, I'm going to skip the first three turns, effectively, for use pops and I'm going to immediately on four use pops or whatever. Yeah, with... Thorin's behest in the Martel box, maybe they get better, but... Yeah. Um, and maybe with, um, was it Lizzie, uh, put a plot to the use pile? Uh, then? Oh, change of plans? I think it could be. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, and so, you know, you could quite quickly get through. And I think with the wars to come, that could be quite, that could be quite useful. It could be quite good. I'm not 100% sure. Um, yeah. cool. Uh, so well, that's my card. Joe? Oh, yeah. As mentioned earlier, I'll go with a card I've tried today, which is Tile the Thrice Drowned. Is it Tile or Tile? I just for I say Tile, but who okay. It's, it's, you know, it's a made-up name. Yeah. So I don't think there are going to be any people called Tile listening to be offended <laughs> at your pronunciation. But no, just to remind people, he is a Greyjoy character, Drowned God, Ironborn, Loyal. He is cost five and strength four, intrigue and power icon, and his text is, you can marshal non-unique Drown God characters from your dead pile like they were, as if they were in your hand. Oh, Some this variation. This so, <laughs> this is the card that Drown God have been waiting for. Yeah. One that all of the whispers have been going around, that thing that makes them good. And having tried it today, yeah, it makes it really good. <laughs> it's... Yeah, by, by himself, he's good. The problem is the chub that gets you power when things leave the dead pile. Yeah. Ch- yeah, combined with yeah, a chud deck you know, gets power when they leave, and the chud deck gives you power when it dies. Yeah, it's a nice. Drown, and is drown, the one that gets it when it comes back. 
Yeah, uh, that, yeah. And, and that conveys really pretty good, even without this card, which means you can also get them, get them back very easily. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I was trying it out today. Tried it. We were testing against sort of Martel list, Kicked. bit of proxy on that, and just going. Oh, I don't actually have to do any challenges. I'm no. just going to sit back. And I was playing a really like it was a suboptimal list. I had, I'd only I built it a month ago and only got to try it out today. Uh, yeah, I mean you didn't enjoy have watch. damp hair in it, did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because I because I was it was great to watch. I was trying to play it a bit more janky. I had oh, okay. Benjin Star. I put Bridge of Skulls in there, which I thought might have been fun, <laughs> but I didn't draw it. But just yeah, it would. I imagine. Um, Greyjoy HRD is going to be the main way it goes, yeah, but this guy just kicks it off quite comfortably. See, yeah, I think after round two, you didn't win a single challenge against me in the game we played earlier, and there was still nothing I could do about it. One of the challenges I specifically did to try and get you to discard Tal, so you couldn't engage you had Valor. So, so it seems fine. All you do is run decks with uh, two Byron Gates and one King of the North. King of the North doesn't stop him. Uh, at least it doesn't start bringing things in. Yeah. As far as I'm aware. It's, it stops the trigger for power yeah, games. Yeah, it stops all yeah. the triggers for power games for, for a turn or two. But, I mean, even then, I think the Drown God deck probably runs three King Balon and at least a couple of the Pillage attachment literally just to stop King in the North. Well, yeah, yeah. You, you probably need to. Oh, so the only ones I've seen are pre-King in the North, because I've not really seen it much recently. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, at that point you didn't need them. I think the only character you saw them running were like a, I mean, like a Victorian was like the best character you saw because once you once you set up the combo kind of just does itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how people are really going to deal with him other than yeah. lots of negative attachments. Yeah. I think either the meta warps heavily around Tal. Or that hot button topic of the restricted list has to do something because he really is. Tal, Tal is a serious problem. Like people think Mace is a problem, yeah. but Mace is one character who you can deal with. In this case, you've got to deal with Tal. You've got to hear deal with Dampair. You've got to deal with the Chuds that bring power back, and they can all bring each other back into play. So it's like playing a game of like whack a mole. Yeah, the, the thing so I one down, another one comes up, and they keep gaining power the whole time. The thing I would say, obviously, I, I've only played against this before, this card's coming out, obviously, so this could change things. Um, the most success I've had is where I've just rushed out before they can win and get set up properly. Uh, yeah. And, but, so, but, and, you know, that is sometimes when these, like, dominance, just, I win for just not doing anything that's kind of popular, rush does kind of come back to the front. I yeah. do think that's true. I think the fact that there's an event that draws you lots of cards, that also synergizes with what you're trying to do in the same pack as Tal is yeah. probably going to make the window to do that shorter than it is with possibly Mace, like Hyper Viper or whatever. I think I would, I I'm, not, be wrong that. I'm not thinking those. I'm thinking crossing still and just just kind of going just going balls uh, balls to the wall. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Even then, heads on spikes only makes them better. <laughs> but that's why that's why you run uh, Tony the King on turn two and just win through three Apple Knights in the round. I think I think Rush is going to be the way to try to deal with Drown God, but I think Rush is then going to have the problem that the other decks are going to be existing like the Martel lists. Yeah, that it's there's not going. I think Drown God's probably going to sit quite comfortably on top just because there's not enough, or the meta's going to 
walk in such a way yeah. that they probably have the most plus matchups. The, the yeah, problem is Matt, those rush decks also struggle against Burn. Which, yeah, yes, and, and that's the big thing. And that's the um, thing. The problem is that the Martell deck is probably one of the worst decks to turn into to play against the Grand God deck because all the tricks generally help them. I'm wondering if Targ stopped running Blood of the Dragon too, because of that such... You yeah. can't just oh, flip it and play Icon against it and have the chub that dies with Tal out. Yeah. Oh, God. Out. Yeah, just play, uh, yeah, I've got 10 gold this turn, right? I'm going to play him out five times and get him five power. Yeah, five oh. power plus the ones you get from your Drowned Disciples for bringing him back each time as well. Oh, dear God, that's the same horrendous. Yeah, it's already a potential restricted in 2v2 because we've got <laughs> yeah. pointed out quite quickly how to play Targ and Greyjoy together. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's not loyal, yeah. is it? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to build the dragon to win, on, on my own character to win the game. Oh, dear. That's, gonna yeah, be... that's my card. I think, I think I'm going to live up to the Wanner's title of, uh, as he said, calling it, I'll be a bit of a wild card. And I'm going for what's clearly the best card in the pack. Synergizes very well with the theme I like playing at the moment, with knights. We're going with the pants. Yes, there it is. <laughs> the, when you say it goes very well with knights, is that just because he is a knight? Yes. I'm joking, does he help the happiness? No, they're not unique. Uh, it's, this is goes on unique characters only. No, 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 because he's a knight. Oh, I see. I think Green Apple Knight specifies knight character. Damn it! Thrones <laughs> <laughs> um, DB, quickly. Yes. Yeah, I'm checking. <laughs> so, uh, why, why have we uh, checked? Characters. Damn it. Okay. Anyway, he's a... Sopranos is a one-cost Lannister attachment with the cat and knight traits. <laughs> uh, unique character with Prince cost three or less only, ambush one, attached character gains an intrigue icon and does not kneel when declared an attacker in an intrigue challenge. So there's quite a lot of uses for this. One of the ones I quite like is you ban a wolf, you take Arya Stark, uh, some stealth on the intrigue's pretty good, and not kneeling. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, worst case scenario, you can also ambush onto a burn then, to get double use out of them. Um, so yeah, um, I think it's quite cool, and it's Sir Pounce. He's cool. And he's a knight. That's the thing I picked it. Yeah, the knight is a very important thing. The knight is a very important thing. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. He's just, I think he's just a cool card. Oh dear god, I'm just looking at that Greyjoy card again. I only just realised it's a Kairos art as well, and that makes me like it even more. <laughs> yeah, um, any other characters with Sir Pants he's quite good with? I guess he, I guess a lot of knights are also cheap knights who also got any only tend to be power and military. So you're doing like a hedge knight, not the bad. New, it's a unique character, I mean. A unique character, so damn it. The, the new Marcella, Jerry, you could have Ooh, put it on there and then have her and she really just kneel to attack though, right? But that's only when she's got so much. So yeah, obviously not the best use. Did you? I'm sorry, I had to uh, go away for a second. Did you mention Theon? Uh, no, I mentioned no. I mentioned Arya, not Theon. Okay, yeah, Ar- Theon, Theon is, Ooh, the, yeah. is the best answer. Oh yes, like, there are lots of good ones, but getting Theon in two challenges. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's horrible. That's really horrible. Oh dear, no, I don't like that. No, <laughs> I, I, don't, I wish I'd pick the card, make it go away. <laughs> yes. Oh God, Theon, yeah, that's that is really. Really horrible. 
I'm trying to think of ones in faction, and it's difficult. There's not many in faction, so it's definitely a fan of yeah. Oh, uh, Shane? But then she's going to stand anyway. Yeah. But then getting her, getting her an extra time in crossing, I guess, without having to spend, well, you without having to spend, well, be able to use her reaction in two more times. But I guess she really, she really wants a military icon, but, um, not, you know, not an entry icon, she's got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously the best person to put some pounds on is, of course, Tommen. Of course. Tommen sucks. Except for the fact the only thing he's good for is got the king trait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Barra Sand? Using you, uh, the core. Three so, cost one, I assume. <laughs> yeah, three cost I, I can't remember how much she You use her in intrigue, then tap in the military, and then you can defend with a power of her. That's not awful. Yeah, but then you're playing a Barra. I don't really like a Barra Sand. <laughs> As a one-off, sometimes. Uh, three cost, but, all that. Do you like that Sir Pounce is, like, for in-faction options, Sir Pounce is quite poor with the <laughs> hound, because he bounces yeah. back? And I just I just like that the cat and the dog don't play well together. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, Lannis... It's just kind of showing how bad Lannis the cards have been recently. Could you um, put it on Quentin? <laughs> the new one. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. Hotel Lion. Yeah. Uh, I guess he's got some use in crossing that as I in range decks as well, just as that extra entry to help Cersei. Yeah. Queen Cersei. Queen Cersei. Mm. Yeah, there's not so many good options in that, is there? No. Because they all well, have intrigue icons already. <laughs> yeah. So give him, should give him, he's a knight, he should get a military icon. That'd be better. I'd be really sad though if if my Bron was a pounce, uh, attacking. Oh, Bron is a pounce. That's happening. I'm now trying to think of janky reasons why you might want to keep someone standing on the opponent's side and just place a pounce on their characters. <laughs> I can't think of any. Yeah, no. I can't. Oh, um, banner. Let's see. Banner to uh, Night's Watch, and then obviously you can have the uh, attacking standing. No, it doesn't work, he hasn't got an injury weapon, never mind. I was thinking that was all the, they've got lots of tech, haven't they, to stand in still, from the Night's Watch box. Oh, yeah. That's genuine military, and you'll be nailed. <laughs> yeah, also all of their characters are, like, no, no attachments except weapon. And so Pounce may be a knight, but he's not a weapon. Should be. Bloody should be. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm quite disappointed I picked him now, now the more I thought about it, the more I don't like him. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a green pool. Yeah. Although, Although he will be one strength. Yeah. He's <laughs> not needing, though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite disappointing. I'm very disappointed with this card now. Take it away. a bunch of good characters for it. Yeah, but feel. Aren't Lannister. Yeah, but, yeah. Damn it. Damn these banner, banner, banner cards. Anyway, the pack six, then. Wow. Yeah. What card are you on pack five? We, obviously, we don't want to talk about it properly because one per person per pack but we'd be remiss if we didn't say Danny's really good yeah she is I, I, I like the fact they've made a good Danny and it doesn't that doesn't immediately replace the old one it's kind of a there's nice synergy there's nice options there yes the, one of the fun cards of everyone going yeah I'm not that impressed but oh wait she can do that oh wait I could do this with her oh god she kills everything doesn't she and yes. everyone's slowly realising how good she is when she doesn't look immediately impressive. Yeah. And she still kind of works with the burn theme, but not 
but doesn't get the benefits of dragons. Yeah, what's yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just the birthday, but, but I mean, like, she doesn't synergize with the dragons like the other one does. That can make yeah. sense because obviously she works with the other team because she gives everyone minus one strength while well, they're participating, which obviously is pretty good with burn. But this 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 one obviously does just burn stuff, but then doesn't because doesn't have the stormborn trait. Um, I quite like the way that that kind of balances out. She's also quite susceptible to burn herself, which is which the other one is is less. She says she can't. Her strength can't be oh, can't she? I completely missed this. I'm, yeah, I should really be. <laughs> Anyway, let's move on. I'll tell you Ooh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so the Targ Mirror at uh, Euros isn't going to be who can kill the other one's Danny first. Yeah. No, so, well... A, dra- a dragon is no slave, I reduce your one by one, I win. It's going to... She may be immune to having her strength reduced, but House Florent Knight can get her, that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And that, that was it, she's going to die for the mace deck then. <laughs> Oh, that makes sense. Cool. Okay, pack six. Yeah, I'm just looking through. I've got I've, I've got two, but I know which one I'm going with. I think okay, I if, you, if, you've, if you've got one, then go for it. Oh. Well, my one's simple, and again, it's keeping the same thing for last one. We're going with the Bastard of Night Song. He's uh, uh, the, yeah. the thing I love about this card. There's a lot of things I love about this card. So he's a Brafian Knight with the Bastard traits and Knight traits. Uh, five cost, five strength, military power. Uh, reaction after you've won a power challenge with a Bastard of God's Grace is participating. Move one power from the losing player's faction card to your faction card. So, things to love about this. Firstly, it's a Baratheon card that's good, and it isn't R'hllor or Dominance Fiends. Or Nil Fiends, in some respects. We've got to use R'hllor effectively. Um, like that. Secondly, great stats for the cost. I've got to always love you to get a 5 for 5. Lastly, it's like super renowned, and it's basically if you can get him participating in two power challenges somehow, he's basically uh, what's it? Uh, Clash of Kings on a card, on, on a stick. Yeah. Every turn, I think he's a fantastic card, and I'm hoping you might see some Raffian themes that aren't just the same on the same I think it brings out some of the older Baratheon decks. Like when I saw him, I was starting to think like Barra Kraken, Barra Rose, sort of ones, the more aggressive ones. Because mm. all of the Barras have currently gone off and playing with Dragonstone Castle and Solis and boring everyone to death. Yeah, it's a good deck, though. I've been using it. Yeah, it's good, but it's, it's miserable. That's yeah. all I have to say about it. So when you got when you got the core already out and you put Solis in play and you kneel seven of their characters for one. And Coreddy's there like, come on, please, have a challenge, yeah. a day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, the other good thing about him is he actually makes Disputed Claim good. Oh, yes. And for that Disputed Claim. He can easily trigger it by just, if he wins, his reaction's going to go off, should hopefully get you more power in your house and, cards, then he's got Renown. And there's obviously synergy of uh, other things as well, but I could definitely see like a deck with him and the uh, Lancers, just basically stopping yeah. your opponent having power in there. Then you could potentially, I don't, I'd have to, I'd have to know what's out, but potentially help City Watch because you're probably have more power in your house card than your opponent. Hmm. So there's kind of some synergy there. Uh, obviously, the deck I'm going to do is some form of Tyrell Graphian Knight theme because it's me. Um, and, but he fits in that. He he fits in real. Him, Jousting Williams, and uh, being able to, and being able to stand him with uh, with High Garden Courtiers. Yep. That's a pretty good combo. 
So he goes in, does like a strength, we'll say seven power challenge. You've got it, you want to stop it, or that's a lot of claim. And then slams and goes, if you come up me with a power challenge, I'm probably going to win that and get another power off you. Yep. So yeah, I, I think he's really good, and I like the fact he's a new theme. But, well, not a new theme, but you say kind of establishing a theme which kind of has been there for Brackian, but reinforcing it that he's still good at power challenges, but not just with the traditional ways. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what knock-on effects he has, because like Joe mentioned, Disputed Claim, mm. he also makes Ours is the Fury a better option. Yep. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, I'm good. Oh, man, you're a bad man. <laughs> mm. Ours is the Fury is a very good power event. Mm. When you... It was seeing... It still sees play, but it was seeing play around the middle of last year in the sort of seven-cost barrow decks. It really should be seeing play in these decks. Deck. Yeah, but if your Solis deck's working, then they're not actually doing anything against you to use it on. <laughs> that is <Yeah>. true. <laughs> it's like lady uh, insurance and like stand insurance. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm also I'm interested to try them out in a Martel Stag deck with the not like the Cancel Answer style, but with the Viper from the box that gets power when bastards win challenges. Uh-huh. Because Ooh. what does five gold mean in Martel? Ariane triggers. It means Ariane triggers. And if they do a power challenge and you can say, not only do you not win the power challenge, but <laughs> I win the power challenge and get the claim. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and my red viper got a power for you doing that challenge as well. Yeah. Oh, that's that's beautiful. That's so disgustingly beautiful. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to this card. I really am. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the, the card we would have spoiled works with him really well as well. Yeah, yeah. He's really good with like for, he's really good for basically any Baratheon deck that isn't doing something very specific that means it can't afford like to even have one copy of him. Because yeah. like even if you're just throwing him in as a one-off, he's so efficient. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I say five for five is that put that brilliant balance where like he's he's on that level of like the traditional Tyrell five coster of like you know Core Knight of Flowers or the uh, Clash of Kings cycle Brienne, mm. where it's like he's five cost five strength with two icons and I mean if it, with those it's renown and an extra ability here it's a better version of just having renown. Yeah, yeah, exactly because it's on your, on, your, on your house card so you can't be valid. Yeah, and obviously that. you're also taking it off your opponent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it and oh, more importantly, guys, sort of hold, hold it here. Baratheon got a really good card that's not in the core set. Yeah. What the hell is happening? They've had a. I think they've had a decent cycle, at least the second half of the cycle. Yeah, it's not here. Like, um, the first couple of packs weren't great for Barra, but since then we've had Withering Cold, which I know isn't actually a Baratheon card, <laughs> but effectively, you know, it's it, most effectively used out of them it's in pack good, three. Though. And then pack four, we had Solis and Dragonstone Castle. You've, um, in all fairness, was it the, is it the Queen's Men? Was that the Psychic? That was pack one. That's, that's not a bad card. In, in, it's, it's a great it's, card for Banner decks. Yeah. Or um, for, like, Brotherhood Wildling decks. But it's, it's not a generally... No. Fantastic card. Like, you wouldn't necessarily want to replace it in a mono barrack. You, you wouldn't, like, put that in instead of Fiery Followers or whatever. But even in a non-Baratheon deck, that ability just to see your opponent's hand and get a mail trigger is not awful. 
It's true, but three cost relore character. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, the other two are better. I, I, I do get it. In, in a bog standard Mark deck, the other two are better. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, that's, that's me then, the, the bastard of the Gay bastard thing. Um, who's next? Go on, Joe. Alright. I'm struggling to decide what one I was going to go with. But I'm going to go with my favourite art from the pack. That's a really good one. Which is Nice Tyrell. Really? Favourite art in the pack? Yeah, because it's stupid. Oh, okay. I'm like, fair enough. Beauty's the eye beholder, in effect. So, yeah, that is Tyrell, Lord, Small Council, and he's loyal. Cost 6, Strength 4, Intrigue Power, and Reaction. After Mace Tyrell has been knelt, draw two cards. Then choose a card from your hand and place it on top of your deck. It also has plus one gold. So, yeah. Like, once you get past what the card looks like and take a moment to take that in, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty damn good effect. I was going to say, can someone in the community please do an alt art? Please. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's pretty good, especially when you compare him to, was it Kyburn in the same pack, which has a similar yeah. effect, but is nowhere near as good. <laughs> yeah, it seems like Tyrell are getting a bit of a theme, this type of sort of that top card, and this is a, another bit of control, but this is controlling your top card and drawing one of your choice. Yeah. So say you have Old Town out, you go, okay, I do a challenge with Mace or I defend with Mace. I'll draw two cards. And then I go, all right, what card don't I like? Great, I'll put that back on top of my deck. I'll trigger Old Town. What could that top card of my deck be? <laughs> yeah. Um, even if you're not running out... What card am I happy to show my opponent, basically? Yeah. yeah. And, and even if that's not... Um, even if you're not running Old Town, it's just, it's just draw, and it's just knowing what you're getting. You can then pick your next pot based on that card. There, there's, and, and because he works by just doing a challenge or just being knelt in some ways so you know it, that's yep. brilliant it's not like it's an action to do it so you have to kneel him and take him out you're just doing you're, just, you're going to be kneeling him anyway yeah like I I think his biggest potential issue is what decks does he appear in because the old town decks at the moment tend to already be using um Forms mace. Yeah, this, mace. this is the problem that he has is his name. That's yeah. where like the problems essentially begin and end. Like he's he's not an amazing card. Like it's a great reaction, a really really good reaction because that as you say, because of old town, the then choose a card in your hand bit almost is irrelevant, mm. and you can also synergize it with like um, the high tower spy from pack four. Yeah, um, that's reveal the top card of your deck then a character gets plus X strength where X is the cost, so you can lay that, oh, you've attacked me in power for nine, or I'll oppose with Mace, trigger him, put this seven coster on top of my deck, now I'll drop in a Spire and Mace is 11 strength. Yeah. You can do that sort of stuff, and he's he's a really good card, and drawing two is great. Um, that kind of is all he does, because he's, you know, six costs and four strength is not a great combination when he doesn't have any keywords. See, I could see him in the range deck, yeah, that's um, what I'm thinking, is that I'm in the Reigns deck oh, I've been playing it this week, I have one of the other mates, and I think I'd almost be more interested to run this one, because mm. I'd be more likely to put him out. The, and and, and then, he's, then he's a he's a Mars trigger when he dies, and you're probably not going to keep him around too much long if you don't need him. 
Yeah. Draw's always good, as we know. Filtering your draw's always good. Um, so I could see, I could definitely see him in that deck. Because the other mace, I mean, he's not bad seeing that deck as well, but he's not as, I mean, I did win a game by just playing him the other day. Hmm. But um, he's not, he, there's less synergy with him than there would be with this. This mace just kind of fits and just does his job. And the synergy kind of just does itself. I think the rule will probably end up being that if you're running high tower, you run the other mace. If yeah. you're not, yeah. then you consider running this one instead. Yeah. I, I would be concerned if you ran high tower and didn't run the other mace. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's a fair statement. Yeah, high tower's been good. Yeah. I will say this mace will come into his own again to bring up the restricted mace. I think if we did get one, <laughs> then the other mace could well be on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's beyond the realm of possibility. So, uh, like, you never know. Like, because keep in mind, I'm saying that, and it's like we don't need a restricted list now or whatever. This card won't be coming out until like May, maybe even June if we get delays. And you never know; they might FFG might want restricted list for Gen Con, which is start of August. So it could be that after a month or so, this guy comes into the fore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, say so if that other mace gets restricted, this card just becomes a good replacement immediately, pretty much. Or they might just never do a restricted list and he stays as a I, very occasional choice as, instead of the other mace. I, I'd say uh, it's getting a big subject. I have a feeling, I don't know if it's gonna, when it's going to happen. We will. I would put money on us at some point having a restricted list. Basically, every card game ever has some form of restricted band list at some point. At some point, yeah. yeah. But I don't think, think it's. Kind of I, as soon as I, people might I, think. I'm not saying this. I we're going to go with it. I, if I was to put, if I was a betting man, I'd say at least some point, some point after Worlds would be my guess when like a Drown God deck dominate, Drown God like dominates Worlds or something. I don't think it'll take till Worlds for Drown God to dominate. Possibly yeah, not, but I, I th- but I think it being on the you know the the big the pinnacle, I think that would be like the right. This might be tweaking. I, I can don't know. see it coming out around just before Worlds, and that'll well, be the first time it's used. That's the other one, because I did that with uh, Netrunner and just completely changed the meta month before Worlds. It's when we had the melee restricted list last year as well. <laughs> it came out just before the Deluxe, then the Deluxe messed everything up. Mm. Cool. Well, yeah, we should probably move on yeah. the topic of the restricted yeah. list, because it's been talked to death over the last fortnight. Has it? Oh, you sure? Right. No, no. Yeah. Uh, it, only... <laughs> To be fair, I've only seen it mentioned in, I think, five different private messenger chats, yeah. plus um, another six uh, Facebook topics, okay. and a massive article on CardGameDB. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a... <laughs> Other than that, and an email. I saw it in an email as well. Other than that... <laughs> how, how many of those were you messaging yourself, though? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, I know I've brought it up twice on this podcast, but I have not had to bring up the restricted list to have it talked about. It has talked about itself plenty fine. Right. Okay. Uh, Where are your cards? Yeah, so I'm glad you chose that Maestro because I was tempted to choose him. Um, and now that we've talked about some of the more serious cards in the pack, I can choose my favourite. Not that this isn't a serious card, but it's. It's one of those serious cards that is still quite silly. Um, and it is, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. Yes, that's a cool yeah. card. Yes. It's, a, it's a fun card. Yeah, for people not 
immediately familiar. It is a plot. It is plot that limit one. Uh, it has five gold, eight initiative, two claim, and when revealed, you draw two cards. And you might be thinking, well, that sounds ridiculously OP, and that's because for <laughs> reasons of you know narrative drama, I've left till last the fact that it has zero reserve. Oh yeah! If you don't win this turn, <laughs> you die. <laughs> uh, well, I've been thinking about it. If that's it is that bad because. Probably, if you don't win the game with this card, so let's say, like, the worst case scenario I've seen people talk about, oh no, you put in your deck and you get to turn 7, you have to play, you're screwed. Well, no. By because turn 7, you're probably top decking anyway. You're probably top decking anyway, and also, there's other, because as we most people have pointed out from their top 10 plots, <laughs> Counting Coppers is a really popular card. By turn 7, if you haven't got the Econ to make Counting Coppers work, or turn 8, sorry, to make Counting Coppers work, you can refill your hand fairly reasonably after this plot if you, if you did not win on that turn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so you, you basically, this is a closer, and if you're playing it, you may be pretty sure you're closing that turn. Uh, a bit like a, what's it, a way, uh, what's it, Rise of the Kraken, effectively. The, yeah. You know, because the goal sometimes rises a crack and screws you if you don't win that turn. Uh, or used to anyway, not so much these days. Um, and I can see the same looking lights. You are play if you're playing this before turn seven, you're 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 pretty guaranteed you're going to win the game, or you're in a real desperate situation and you're trying to pull it around somehow. So I think it's good. I like the card. I think it's good. I'm not, I'm not sure how many competitive decks are necessarily going to run it. We'll see. I I think. I think it's going to be underrated because people look at the zero reserve and they think it's silly. Mm, I think the yeah. counting coppers point you made is an excellent one. Also, I think the Rise of the Kraken comparison is a really interesting one because Rise of the Kraken says, I think I've set up my board well enough that even without basically being able to do anything before mm. the challenges phase this round, I still think that I can win this turn. I think I've given myself enough of a lead that I can just close. Yeah. What this is saying is... I think that I'm close enough to winning that I can, like, you know, with the boost of tempo, that I can get over the line. So it's kind of like the opposite of Rise of the Kraken, but I trying to that, accomplish yeah. the same thing. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and also that it's sort of sacrificing the loss of... Like, Rise of the Kraken is a loss of tempo this turn, but to try to win this turn. This is a loss of tempo next turn to try to win mm. this turn. So... What I'm kind of thinking, like, now it's all been brought up, though, is that, is there not the potential that you run stuff like play this into Rise of the Kraken, in that you yeah. can kind of go, yeah, this is my, I'm going for a big push, I'm going to get as many useful cards in hand and play them out. The next turn I'm going to play Rise, and I'm going to go for it again. And I know that I don't really need cards in my hand, because I've got that's, the old play. That's, that's I, good, I, I think you'd certainly be a fool to follow this up with like trading with the Pentoshi or something. <laughs> I, I definitely think they play this and then your follow-up plot being a low gold plot. Because what's the downside at that point? The the, the other one is um, was it Reigns' own agenda? Yeah. yeah. So two claim military, two claim power, essentially another two claim power you didn't have Tyrell because you put in an informant or something. And then you go for the intrigue and flip out of it. No, it's a no, scheme. This is a scheme. Oh, it's so a scheme. Oh, sorry, it. sorry. Yes, of course. It. 
Uh, oh, yeah. It would have had to be a scheme, really, for exactly yeah, that reason. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's a fair point. But then again, you can flip out of it to try and win, I guess. That's it. Let's flip into it to try, to try and win. Yeah, if you, yeah. you're sure you're going to win, although you, that probably wouldn't be as useful. You're um, wasting the five gold and eight initiative, but if it's like, okay, I've won this intrigue with a knight attacking alone. Yeah. Um, if I if one of the cut two cards I draw is Lady Sansa's Rose, I win the game. Yes. Or that's fair. like I'm going to be able to win a power by five following up on this if one of the two cards I draw is Superior Claim. I win the game. Like, there's loads of scenarios like that where you can you can leverage that when revealed and flipping into two claim is always nice, obviously. The um, yeah, no, I, I it's an interesting card. I think it's, I'm going to play in some decks also, so it's like uh, my only question is, uh, other than for the draw, is retaliation not just better and not handicap you next turn? Um, I think there's a good case to be made there. I think having the extra gold is nice as well, and also I think like with the Greyjoy example we brought up before or the Joe brought up, to not sort of leverage credit away from him. Um, I think this is going to be better for decks that want to play first. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Okay, I'm, I'm just I'm just kind of just... So, I'm, I'm not saying it is better, I'm just kind of feel... Also, when you say other than the draw, the draw is half of the opinion of the card. Well, yeah, but but then, I mean, obviously, retaliation you only get four reserve anyway, so it's not as if you're going to have that bigger hand at the end of the turn. So, I could kind of see it like, sort of, uh, the zero reserve is a nice thing for sort of the decks that like to empty their hand for flea bomb, but I think Martel are going to stay on retaliation if they are going to run their two claim because it, they want to go second, obviously. But I could see stuff like Tog being more comfortable with this. I was about to say, in their hand. I was about to say, you play Tog, you've got Savaris and Selmy, you've got the army, which gets better as he's got less cards in hand, um, and, they, and they love flea bottom. Uh, you probably wouldn't be doing. I guess you probably wouldn't be running a burn deck at that point. Oh, no, more... I think you run, you run this with like consuming flames and like maybe you run this as yeah. your plot before the annals turn. Yeah, yeah, I guess actually you put Epping in the bin and then play annals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think there there are three other things that I think this is really good for. Firstly, melee. It is a fun closing block. For yeah. Very obvious reasons. Because you're probably not running going past turn two or three anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Secondly, this is the incredibly janky. I wouldn't actually recommend doing this, but it amuses me. Play of running this like probably out of Night's Watch with all the reserve boosting stuff. Yeah, so, I, I have thought about reserve boosting. Zero reserve, and it has to stay zero reserve. Yeah. If you get out the Iron Throne and you know Samuel Tarly and all that jazz, then you can potentially keep like three, four cards in your hand afterwards. Yeah, which. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's actually good, but it just amuses me. You win or you die, or you plan ahead. And yeah. Oh, yeah. This, is, this is the tomb claim plot that all of the summer decks have been waiting for. Yes. Yeah. I, I had kind of thought about summer, maybe at least with the lion throw, keep two cards. Barra finally running two claim. Throw own and Barra summer. So this is going to get you. The, the other actually good use of it is um, with Naga's ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh so god. Just discard all your characters. And no. 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 You like round one. You've got like five plus characters in your dead pile to set up for the rest of the game. With, with the only issue being, you're probably discarding all your risens at that point. Yeah. A little bit, but you hopefully find your own mind. So yeah. <laughs> that's why. That's why you've got to do turn two annals. <laughs> turn two annals. <laughs> Oh god. Okay. 
yeah. combo deck now. But it's a combo from characters yeah. rather than the But 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 say it's a cool card. Worst case scenario, even if it doesn't see capacitive play, I'm glad they've made it because I'm gonna have some fun with it. Yeah, it's. I think it is pretty damn good. But even if it doesn't turn out to be pretty damn good, it's still fun. Yeah. And you, you've got to have fun cards in this game, otherwise, what are we playing it for? Exactly. Cool. So uh, just before we hit the big box, I just want to shout out that Tully Army art is lovely, and yes, he's going to and he's going to play that desperately. And what, um, pre- preferably one I can win. <laughs> Uh, don't cool. want it to be like top four at Worlds then. No, God no. <laughs> the winner of Worlds gets this. No. <laughs> um, cool. So, Martel box. Uh, I'm happy to go first with literally the card in front of me. And it's the card we would have spoiled. You bastard. <laughs> um, I'm going for Sir uh, Conway Penrose, who's a, another Brackling card, another knight, four cost, four strength. Military and power, and he has a reaction after the power challenge in which Conway is participating. Stand him. So, uh, things I like about him. Firstly, stand, good. Uh, good. He's a 4 for 4, good. Um, he synergizes really well with the bastard that we just talked about because you put those two in a power challenge, you're standing one, gaining two power from it. Um, and again, it's really reinforcing this other kind of theme of not having to worry not having to dominance or the law yes, it's the second mid-range highly efficient non-loyal baron knight body mm. yeah. he's going to re well my Tyrell yeah Ty- Tyrell <laughs> Stag no, no joke Tyrell Stag think about him in that deck yeah. with on the tourney for the king round yeah uh, with like informants oh. and uh, machinations oh I, I have thought about this and I might have been talking to Martin about this uh yeah. Yeah, him, him, and the him and the bastard, and you just go do about two power, you do three power challenges or so, gain all the power in the world. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite excited about the idea of Brappian knights. Um, so yeah, the only issue being Tyrell has a lot of the good four, five plus knights as well, so it's kind of balancing it a bit. Also, you didn't even mention the best part about the card. Um, is flavor text? Yes. Is it the justice of your cause, you doubt, my lord? Or the strength of your arm? Are you afraid I'll piss on your burning sword and put it out? <laughs> Although, as a first edition elitist, I have to say that I do miss his old flavour text, which was just, what do you think of Sir Courtney Penrose? He's a stubborn man. <laughs> so every single time I was at a table where Sir Courtney Penrose was played, I would always point out that he was a stubborn man. <laughs> Well, I've probably gone assuming it on the Samus, huh? Yeah. Cool, but yeah, I, I know I've kind of picked two kind of similar cards there, but it, I'm really excited about the pace of Baratheon. Yeah, I think we can tell what deck you're planning on building. Yeah. If it yeah. wasn't you, it was going to be me. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Oh, and, and also, we were sent it as a spoiler, so I kind of felt we should uh, we kind of should say that we were sent the spoilers. We planned this podcast so we could release them on Monday. Get the get well ahead before they all got spoiled, and then someone spoiled them all two days ago. Not mine, bitter. Which is it's a shame. Like I get why people do it. It it would be a bit harsh to ask someone to just sit on all of the oh, spoilers. No, I I agree. And if I was in issues, I'd probably have done the same thing. So, but I as someone that likes to be surprised, it's a shame that I, they got dumped at once. Actually, I would say. I disagree with that statement. I wish you'd done what the previous people did, at least one a day. 
because yeah, that, that was good just getting to give each one its own spotlight exactly so every, everyone got discussion even cars that probably would have been forgotten about quite clearly because you know compared to the other cars that no one knew exciting the fact they all got their own time even it was yeah, I'm not really sure this car's any good but there was sometimes a bit of discussion about decks that could work in at least whereas now a lot of the cars are just being shoved under the carpet and no one over really, I wouldn't say really cares but they're just not as cool as the shiny cars that are far better yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, next oh, one last thing oh. on Pepperose, sorry. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to very quickly also say he's really good with Core Stannis. Yes, yeah. <laughs> any, yeah. any effect in Baratheon that says stand on it, my immediate thought is Core Stannis. Yeah, no, that's. I think that, that's, a, that's quite. I am not thought about that, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was too busy thinking what, what I could do next. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, well, uh, ben, have I got the deck for you, right? Uh-oh. Our Rose. Yeah, Stannis to stop all their things from standing. Mm-hmm. Green Apple Knights don't kneel. I know, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's all I've got. But <laughs> no, no. no I, think, I think we've got this. Stannis and his Knights. Yeah. Uh, Lord of Renly's Ride to get some Intimidate in there. Stannis oh. borrowing all of Renly's Knights. Especially Lord <laughs> Renly's Ride. Yes! <laughs> oh, this is perfect. And it's Fiend. It's just after Renly died. They all came over to him. Well, mostly. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't be able to run the Tyrell, like, the actual, you know, named Tyrell cards in that if you wanted it to be Nedley. I don't I don't think Garland and Stannis teaming up would be... Can I can I just say in this deck, I've got, it's got to be done since it's non-loyal. Renly's host. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care it doesn't have stand tech it's just just for the hey Renly who is the Renly guy I don't know but I've got his host oh yeah I just, oh. Like, just like the image of you doing that and just people are just going look Ben no one likes a gloater okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I believe you put the crown of golden roses in there as well <laughs> yeah hey Terrell I'm your king now yeah. Now, now oh. I'm just imagining Stannis in front of the mirror, like posing as Renly with the crown on his head. <laughs> get me, I've got a big post. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, I'm done. This is it. Uh, right, when the Martell box comes out, there's my first stream. Stannis cosplaying as his younger brother, <laughs> Beck. <laughs> It's got all the cards I like as well. Oh, Lama, you're amazing. That's why we have you on. Right. Matt, uh, can we talk about Matt's place in the podcast at this point? <laughs> He's not bringing me this gold. I, I don't know if I have Matt's enthusiasm. I think that is very true. <laughs> right. Next card, because we've got to talk about plots still. Sure. Uh, Joe, that sounds like your job. Uh, I still haven't picked ones. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I keep looking through and can't decide. There's too many. There's too many good ones. Yeah. Um, okay. Fine. I've got my choice then. Um, Karth is a two-cost Targaryen location. No, that's a shit card. <laughs> yes. That's fantastic. <laughs> what I love about it is the way it does things that Targ can already do, but worse. Um... <laughs> I okay. I'll be boring and go with one of the WoW cards of the pack instead of one of the, the cards that speaks to me in particular. 
just because I think there's a lot of stuff to talk about with it. Um, and that is Jade C. Dromond. Um, so this is neutral location, cost two. It has the warship trait and the limited keyword. It gives plus one gold. Um, so basically Rose Road, but costs two. So obviously great. Um, but then it also has the dominance action. Kneel and sacrifice Jade C. Dromond to choose a non-limited location with printed cost three or lower and discard it from play. Yeah, it's... So this, this, this caused a lot of um, chat in one of our Facebook groups. There's some, oh, literally, yeah. some people saying it's a bit OP, and then other people kind of pointing out some of the downsides, and I kind of went back and forth on it, and currently it's still in a position where I'm thinking it's a good card. It's a good card. It depends, I think it depends on your deck. Obviously, Euron Crozai loves this card. Um, I mean, to be fair, Euron doesn't exactly lack for ways to no, discard locations. But more ways than discarding locations. The issue is, I think, I think it's you find this grammar. Paying two cold for one to get one back. If you, if you push your pledge, not running many locations. That kind of hurts. It's it's more the long term thing though. Is that it's I, you don't run too many of them, and if you see it early, it's quite <coughs> nice that you just have it on the board as a potential option. But it it can be it will potentially become dead weight in your hand later on. But, yeah, I think the point of it is that you're using it like the only reason you'd even consider it in your deck is for that dominance action. Mm. And the plus one gold is your backup for if the opponent doesn't have a non-limited location of cost three or lower that's worth discarding. Um, I could see, like, Brotherhood decks and Wilding decks liking this, but then maybe you've got the um, Ocean Rose to reduce it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's neutral econ, obviously, though, although obviously you probably have your banner, your main faction to econ, even if... Um, but then, but then saying that, that might not synergize too well. So it, it potentially could fit in there fairly well. I'm like thinking like my Baratheon um, Brotherhood deck, because I don't run a dominance package, so the Baratheon Econ's a bit pointless to me. Yeah, and if, if you're going to include it in Baratheon, though, you've got to include Salad or Sarn. <laughs> yes. Getting to get around the downside of it eating up Ooh. your limited slot for the round. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, yeah, that ooh, that's quite nice, actually. So for people that have forgotten Salvador Stark, because <laughs> yeah, don't remember the tale of Salvador Stark, that he's the one who, when you win a challenge with him, you can put a warship or weapon into play for free. That was a good deck. <laughs> yeah. I love how you built that deck, and the entire time you were building it, you were like, this is rubbish, this is never going to work. And then the very first game you played, it went off perfectly. <laughs> it, it really did. If you haven't seen that video, guys, I recommend you go back, because uh, that was... It just... I don't think it worked too well for Ryan after that. He took it to the store championship and I think he went two and two and three or two and two of it. It did uh, okay. Good. That's a good achievement for him. <laughs> True. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's good. Obviously, it's a very meta-dependent card. So locations do drop off, which look like they're no, not going to anytime soon. Then, um, then this is a good. This is a good option. Uh, is it better than was it the one that Matt loves? Um, Seaside Bugs. I mean, oh. it's tough to say because it's a Seized. different approach, really, isn't it? Seized is a long-term 
sort of. Well, I'd, I'd say discarding it altogether is a longer term way of getting rid of a thing. Whereas Seized, yeah. works, for, <laughs> yeah. Seized works for, what is it, bestow five, so it's between like one and six rounds, but if you're having it for more than a round or two, it costs more than this. Yeah, and I, I did use those the other day, when I was running Matt's deck, and it had Tyrell, you had enough money to make it work. Oh, um, I, I watched one of your games, and I, like, cause I knew what Matt's deck, and just enjoying looking through your discards of. No, the Blackwater discuss seized by the guard and put to the sword from reserve. Uh, <laughs> next turn, discuss seized by the guard from reserve. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, well, it wasn't. You didn't have any uh, locations out, did he? That was uh, that, that one day, uh, game. There was another game where I did it to his, uh, I think, Astapor. That felt pretty good. Yeah. And, and then he confiscated yeah, it, right. and I played the second one. So I think this card's going to be. It's going to be a meta call, mostly. I think. Mm. You will see it as a one-of in some decks. It might, people might prefer to use something like this over using the plot slot. It makes it, or it potentially works better with stuff like nothing burns like cold because it's why I think we've seen a resurgence or a surge input to the torch, not a resurgence, <laughs> because you want to blow up the outer locations to get your nothing burns off. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it will see play. It won't. I imagine a one of to start with, then maybe some decks will maybe like it as a two of. Yeah, I think that's the thing is because it's a non unique, people tend, there's a general rule to think of non uniques as a zero of or a three of a lot of the time. Mm. And I do think it works best as like, you know, take out one of your econ cards maybe for it, try it as a one of, see how often you're actually getting to trigger that dominance action and tinker based off that. Yeah, I didn't realise that it was non-unique until I looked at it a few minutes ago, because I had it in my head it was the main card. I was viewing it as stuff exactly the same way as sort of like Sea Bitch, really. Uh, it's, it's one of the many Drummonds that, uh, you know, travel across the Jade Sea. The, the other one uh, I would say for it is, do you rather run more Limiteds if you're running this? So do you up maybe to 10 Limiteds? I mean, I'm usually already. This would be or, 10 or, 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 yeah, 10 for 11th maybe. I mean, that's, that's the other thing I'd be looking at because it it's not great econ if you don't if you're not running locations that are worth discarding or running locations. Um, especially if especially you know the classic one, a lot of people run like pre-astical. The amount of time I've gone, haha, I'm going to discard astical with various effects, and then they play the dupe, mm. and that's kind of kind of feels quite crushing. Um, yeah, I think it, it, I'm really interested to actually see that in practice, though, because it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the first card we've got that's got the limited keyword, where you wouldn't say its primary function is an economy card. Uh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. it's plus one gold, but like we said, you're, you're not going to play this over Rose Road for the okay. gold. You're going to play it because of the dominance action. The Lannisport money lender, maybe. I mean, you're just, like, his primary purpose is to gold stuff. I guess, yeah, because he's not a very good character, I guess. I, don't know, I was just trying to think of another, another non, uh, yeah, non-traditional non limited location or uh, card. Uh, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm 100% convinced. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, interested, because if it didn't have the limited keyword, oh, it would be phenomenal. It would be amazing. I, it, I would have no questions over it. That limited keyword and the cost for it, then, yeah. Anyway. Um, Joe. Okay. 
right, I'll go with. I think I thought I was going to go with this one at the start, but I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it. And that is Taste for Flesh. Yes, I was hoping you would do that. That's my other choice. <laughs> Which is a stark event, zero cost, non war. And it is a reaction after you win a challenge in which you control an attacking direwolf character or an attacking character with direwolf attachment, choosing kill a defending character. Yeah. Well, so direwolves have been picking up a little bit because Nymeria is one of the best start cards that has appeared in a long time. Bonkers. <laughs> She's bonkers. <laughs> this is a very strong effect. There's look, the sort of. The cards where you kill something on defense have always never really picked off too much because it's sort of stone crows throwing axe. They're always obviously on the field, so they're telegraphed. Mm. But this has, obviously, you can't see this, and it's a zero cost. So, so it has that advantage right off the bat. So there's... But, oh, sorry. sorry. Um, but... The current deck that's appearing a lot, Stark, is Stark Reigns, which is as a direwolf deck. So you're going to punish people quite heavily for even trying to stop you winning by five. Yeah. Like, you go in Intrigue, if they try and block it, you boost up with Nymeria. The whole, the whole jumping in of wolves now, it kind of throws off your opponent's ability to defend you a lot, and this card just punishes any like miss attempt at doing it if you use any character of worth. So, so the, the big things I think of this is Diable, uh, having, I, I got knocked out the Westeros Champ- uh, League, Champions League because of um, Di- a Diable deck. So I'm painfully aware how, how brutally awful some of the choices are. So you've now basically got the option of, you, you put, let's say, Grey Wind or, Ni- or Nymeria, um, or Grey Wind into a challenge, you now risk being knelt out if you don't defend. <laughs> if you do defend, whatever you defend was potentially going to die. Nymeria then basically becomes this. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna put Marge into that challenge, are you? Cool, bang, she's dead. All this, you, you just you, you just can't then you can't defend. And if you don't put it, you get knelt out with other things. And then Bran stands one of them, and you do it again. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it, it's pick your poison time now. The other one with this, and Ben's funny mentioned throwing axes, a deck I'm, I'm planning on streaming soon, uh, based on one I, I saw, that I don't think the guy built it particularly well, and I think I can potentially make it look a bit better. But some um, rats took this start range deck to worlds. No, no, sorry, um, Besieged. Besieged? With, oh. Yeah, oh, you now have to defend. So, especially you get Grey Wind Synergy, you use Grey Wind to kill their chuds. They now have to defend some good characters. Some of them yeah. are going to die by just by defending. So, um, and that's uh, that, really brutal. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I've been seeing that with. Uh, that's what I've been thinking with throwing axes. You know, it's there, but you have to defend. Yeah, I remember back in core, people were playing around with Dornish Paramore and throwing axes. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, but it was incredibly janky then because most of the Ironborn didn't have an intrigue icon and that's all the paramount. <laughs> yeah. So it was, you were having to run like no lineage no or... <laughs> that stuff just to really be able to actually get the combo to mean anything. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think I'm really glad that Taste for Flesh is good because I heard some people sort of saying, oh, it's, you know, it's really OP, and it's like, it is really OP, but only if you're running a direwolf deck. Yes. And unless your name is Sam Bratz, 
people <laughs> haven't really got direwolves to work properly yet. Like, you get the occasional people using it well. But broadly, that's a deck that has existed but not seriously been played since, like, pack two when we got the Kennel Master. Yeah. Mm. The, and the other one's like, new, that new brand is really good, the Direwolf brand. Mm. But Tard Burn is quite a big thing, and it's yeah. not too hard to kill him. Yeah. yeah. And was, also, what's really good against Tard Burn is Core Brand. Yes, mm. which is, yeah, was another issue. Uh, you know, so I, it's like, I, I'm really glad that we've got these cards, because, like, even if it, you know, it's it's not like we're getting overpowered cards for every Stark deck. We're getting <laughs> overpowered cards for a Stark deck that hasn't really existed yet. So, Taste of Flesh feel really annoying when it's played against you, but in exchange for playing it, they're going to be running, I don't know, like presumably like Direwolf Pup or Wolves of the North or whatever else, just to have the opportunity to use this. And they're running those cards instead of. I don't know, like Jon Snow or Rob Stark or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's not making the existing decks stupid, it's creating new decks. No, yeah, I um yeah, it's the card I'm looking forward to using. Um it'd be interesting and I think if you don't put in like uh, light warm rain potentially as well. Yeah. Uh you can potentially kill a lot of characters just by doing what just by doing just by the challenge based going as it does normally. Yeah, without even military claim, just taste for flesh, light warm rain. Mm-hmm. Grey Wind, especially combined with Walls of the North. Just yeah. go, om nom 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 nom. But oh, yeah. uh, one thing on the om nom nom and the art of this card, it really strongly looks like the Direwolf's just trying to kiss the guy. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, actually. I've got the art right in front of me. Um, yeah, I can see that. Okay, looks like Joe's internet has died. Ah, oh, splendid. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll try and carry on. We're getting close. We've done done all. The, oh, I suppose we have done all the cards at least. Okay. Um, it's okay. He's Deadwood. He's Deadwood. It's fine. Let's ask Tessa if he can rejoin. Question mark. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good card. There's quite a few good cards in that pack, actually, not just for them. The uh, great, great John. Is a great yeah. John? Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. Good. He's, he's just good. The best example I heard of using him, and I don't think it's actually the best, I just think it's the funniest, is um, in a Lanny Wolf with the Shadows event that shuffles your plot deck back into your... Sorry, your use pile back into your plot deck, so that you get to having, like, two cards in your use pile oh. and then the third would go in you reset it oh dear and you'd put would you is this is the uh, is the army loyal that also works on uh, um oh great john's vanguard i yeah. don't think it's loyal no oh man that'd be really good ah uh, joe's back yep yeah awesome okay so yeah so that's some of the cards we're looking forward to um now on to the meat of the episodes um as he yeah. says over an hour in <laughs> I don't think this will be the meat of the episode. No, but so obviously we asked you guys to send in your lists uh, based on your top ten plots to kind of go well. We've done it. What can you do? And Whammer has been collating this information. Made uh, done a traditional scoring system of ten if you picked at number one to one if you picked at number ten. And uh, yeah, what's what's the findings? Shame. 
What's the community think? Uh, the community, surprisingly, has more or less agreed with us. Um, yes. So just for the sake of actually talking about it, I'm going to um, quickly send you both what the list is. Cool. Um, and we can use that as a basis of discussion. Um, so the headlines are, basically, it was a one-horse race for first, counting coppers very, very comfortably uh, was the first place. It was the only plot that featured on every single list. Um, yeah. And on average, its placement on those lists was second. That was actually quite a lot of first place placements and then um, like a few people putting it in like third, fourth, fifth. The vast, like it was by far the most picked plot for first place. Um, and it, yeah, it comfortably won. It's everyone's favorite plot at the moment, apparently. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> second and third was a very tightly run race between March to the Wall and Valamogulis. They finished only six points apart. They were both on 20 out of the 22 lists. Um, March just pipped Valor to second, and then uh, Valamogulis was third. Then there was a little cluster of plots fighting for the rest of the top 10, basically. So we had fourth was Valor de Harris on 71, uh, mentioned on 10 of those lists. Uh, fifth was Varus's Riddle with 65, mentioned on 14. Sixth was Annals on 62, mentioned on 11. Uh, seventh, First Snow, uh, which was uh, mentioned on 12, had 57 points. Eighth was Time of Plenty, which had 54 points, was mentioned on eight lists. Ninth was Trade Routes, uh, with 48 points mentioned on 11 lists. And tenth was Rise of the Kraken, uh, with 32 points mentioned on seven lists. So there was a big drop-off after Trade Routes before Rise, but fourth through ninth was pretty close. Um, no more than six points between any of those plots. What I find interesting there is that Valor de Harris was only mentioned on 10 lists out of 22, and yet it Ooh. still was the fourth highest plot overall. Yeah. Um, so, it so... seemed either people just, like, I don't know whether that's some people, like, not taking it into account because of, like, recency bias, or whether that's just, it's one of those plots you either swear by or you don't. No, uh, this this I actually. Mean, I mean, with with our lists, Ben, uh, you and yeah. Matt both put it in your top three. Yeah, I think. Or no, I think maybe Matt put it fourth. I, I can't remember. You both had it really high. No, it was both top three. Matt had it third. You had it second, and then I didn't have it at all. Yeah, and it seems like that wasn't too. Yeah, and Joe didn't have it in his list, and that that seems. More or less how the community's treated it, in that you either love it or you just don't care about it. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, so there's a few people I chat to from around the world about decks and stuff. And um, there was... What's that coming? There's a, two guys sent me the list. They're both European, and I'm going to struggle now to remember their names. I do apologize, guys. Uh, but basically, I said to them, what about Valda Harris? What about these decks? And they're like, Valda what? You mean Valamagoras? I'm like, no, Valamagoras Harris. I'm like, never see it, mate. Whereas um, uh, Francis, who's in the Canadian meta, there, if, you, if you're not considering Valamagoras Harris, you're probably going to lose. The sweet, your deck probably doesn't stand a chance. You need to have, you're going to have ways of playing around it. So it, it could be a very meta-dependent card, I guess? I, I've been tricked by at least viewing it like dual in that 
it's a it's there. Like it, you probably can tell when it's gonna appear. It's far better than dual though. Yeah, but I've, it's it's almost. I think it just it's an obvious like appearance, and you need to be wary of it in how you play and what you play out. Yeah, I mean, it can that's cause, about it. It can cause burnouts. Like a few decks I've been running recently. Uh, first snow. If I see first snow, I basically lose because I can't recover from it because uh, my my cost curve is so low. But if first snow is not seen, they really strong depth, so yeah. I don't know. Um, the big one the big one I've got, which I'm gonna jump down a little bit here, is uh, and I think I spoke to Wammer about this before. Um, naval superiority is sixteen. And you got nineteen yeah. points. But it was only on two lists. Which means yeah, someone raced it one, first. Yeah, one first and one second. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, and the best bit is after complaining about this, I got navaled on the stream and it works. <laughs> uh, I still won the game, it's fine. But yeah, the enable uh, I think it was on. I think it. I can't remember it hits, but it it was a. It's a pretty meta card at the moment. Oh, was it? King, I think it hit King of the North. Right. Okay. Because obviously that's an edict, I believe. Yep. Yep. But so he and he basically put it in there, figuring King of the North become popular, and tried to predict when people were going to play King of the North and play this to counter it. The issue being, he didn't have a king, couldn't use his econ, and I still had more econ. <laughs> um, I think I think I have the arbor out, so I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm still good for you on this fight. But yeah, but actually getting neighbor, I was like, oh, actually that's a yeah, because uh, that's a card I just don't consider anymore. Uh, people, everyone opens well, not everyone, but semi people open solar pots these days. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but that that really shocks me how how high up see people still have it. Yeah. One of the ones that I thought was really interesting uh, was Time of Plenty, um, which was eight. So it was only featured on eight lists, but its average placement on those eight lists was third. <laughs> so it seems like, again, it depends on whether you are basing your plots on how much impact they have or like on how much you play those plots. Mm. Yeah. It's because... If you, if you are only basing it on impact, really, you're not going to include it at all. If you're basing it on how much you play it, a lot of people play it in the vast majority of their decks. Well, yeah. Uh, what's it? Uh, Summer Harvest has become an opener again because so many people are opening the Time of Plenty. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I had Time of Plenty on my list, but I run it in pretty much all of my decks. Mm. But yeah. I, I think I viewed it as... I, yeah, I didn't consider it an impactful plot in that it wasn't top 10, it's just a good plot. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised how low Heads and Spikes was. Only on five lists. Because we all secretly hate Heads and Spikes. Well, we do all hate Heads and Spikes. Two of those were yours and Matt. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, um, but at the same time, I didn't put annuals on because I hate the card so much I forgot it existed. <laughs> Uh, no offence to, uh, to Alex who, was that Alex who made it? Uh, Alex Hines, yeah. Yeah, no offence to you Alex, I like the design, it just makes horrible decks. Yeah, you dislike it in practice, you like yeah. it in theory. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, God, I mean, it is quite hard, you're looking down here, I'm looking at some like the 30th, like the 30th, oh that's a really good plot, but uh, yeah, just yeah, not, not good enough, it's... Yeah, it's worth mentioning, across those 22 lists, there were 41 total plots uh, that got at least one vote. Yeah, uh, um, the really... lowest of those were Feast for Crows, Building Orders and Fortified Position, each got one. A solitary one. Oh. Where, 
they were tenth on one list and didn't appear on any of the others. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of fair. Um, I still only one on TV Ted for, uh, for the watch on my list. Yeah, I think that's a really good plot. I'm quite surprised. I almost put it on mine. I, I it, it, to be fair, it's probably one of those plots that's more in, in the. You'd probably have it in the short list and then cut it. I just really rate it because it annoyed me so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem like a lot of your list then. Like <laughs> the very, the very top of it was your favourite plots to use, but then a lot of the rest of your list seem to be plots that have pissed you off. <laughs> yes, that's a fair assessment. Heads and spikes, skill card. <laughs> uh, the, the other, if I'm not mistaken, the other interesting one which I thought would at least be on some lists was Winter Festival, and that's not. I don't think made a single list, did it? Nope. Not even a one. Yeah. I wonder if that wins the prestigious best plot not to have featured on a list. <laughs> when when almost uh, when almost six forty percent of all the plots have made the more than that in fact forty five percent of all the yeah. plots have made the list. That's not very prestigious. <laughs> Actually, no, it's not even that. Uh, I think filthy accusations is probably the best one that didn't make the list. Didn't Matt have it in his list? No, he had it in his honourable mentions. Ah, uh, okay. And also, barring the gates, didn't make any list. You could probably make a pretty reasonable plot there out of plots that didn't feature on any list. Well, it, I think that shows good health of the game, in all fairness. Um, and I, I think it's also arguable. So probably some of these plots only appear on one list. They're probably interchangeable with the plots that didn't make the list as well. Yeah, there's a lot of personal favourites, you get the sense. Yeah. So, for instance, like uh, uh, looking at this, like Noble Cause... Which made one list, which I think was Matt. Which is Matt, yeah. Um, yeah, you get seven points, but really, that is arguable. But little fingers meddling, I don't think I'd be even in my conversation. So, yeah, there's plots on here which I, I mean, I would say that's that's the great thing about this. It, it's personal, personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. Like, someone even put a battle of box across. Yeah. Huh. What idiot? <laughs> and another thing, King of the North, twenty second. Seriously, the people, King of how, I'm sorry, the king of the north, 22nd. Have a word with yourself, people. At the end, it's quite a recent plot, so that probably affects some people's opinion on it, because, yeah. yeah, the mess is still kind of sliding on that. And I've won lots of games with that plot just because people aren't prepared for it. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it with Valada Harris as well, and obviously that's like three months older than the king of the north is. Mm. Withering Cold was only joint 18th, and that's swiftly becoming... A yeah. really popular plot. Yes, there's some really good plots. Whereas uh, you go to those ones near the top of the list, the first two counting coppers and march the wall are corset plots. Although, uh, in the in you know in fairness, I think they're the only corset plots until we get down to heads on spikes in twelfth. But still, yeah. Um, and they've got Crash Kings eighteen. Um, yeah, confiscation twenty second. There's a lot of corset plots on there. Sixteenth as well. <laughs> no, I'm still counting that. Um, <laughs> I refuse to believe it exists. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing to take from this, there's still, as you say, there's a lot, there's a lot of good plots that didn't even make this list at all, which is good for the game. Obviously, I think the plots that finished top are, are the plots which you've seen a lot of decks, and they're they're good no matter what deck you're running necessarily. Yeah, we've got the basically if we go down the list, counting coppers, high impact, really good. Yeah. Uh, March to the wall, high impact, really good. Third, Valor, High Impact. Valor de Harris, really? High Impact. Varus's really? Riddle, like, 
incredibly efficient, potentially really high impact. Annals of Castle Black, high impact. First yeah. Snow Winter, high impact. Time of Plenty and Trade Routes, the two most played, best econ cards in the game. Yeah. And it's only until we get down to 10th with Rise of the Kraken and Wardens of the South and 11th that you start to get into those plots that are more about how they affect the round, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm semi-surprised Rise is over Wardens. Now, yes, Rise, as we talked about earlier, Rise. Now, Rise, if you, if you do it right, you, you can win the game off it. But Wardens just seems a more efficient... Less risky plot, which also still think, gives you yeah, that advantage. Wardens is easier than Rise. Mm. Um, and I mean, obviously, I prefer Wardens. Wardens was on my list, and Rise wasn't. Yeah. But I, I do see why the uh, the public have gone with Rise over Wardens. I could see um, the mental kind of connection. Rise is the plot that wins you the game. Wardens is the plot that lets your characters win you the game. Yeah, yeah. It probably connects with Rise also, being the better plot. It's also worth pointing out. With with stuff like Blood of the Dragon or um, For the Watch, I can see anyone picking those cards because whether you play that faction or not, you've been hosed by that card. <laughs> yeah. With Rise and Wardens, uh, both of the South and of the North, I imagine they're the sort of plots that you're more, much more likely to pick for a list like this if they're your faction's plots. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like, I mean, for example, Ben, you had Wardens third on your list, and... <laughs> You've been playing a lot of Tyrell Knight stuff lately, and and Reigns, and, and Reigns, yeah, and and and, and, like Richard, and Summer. Richard Walker had Rise high on his list, and he, he's obviously a Greyjoy fanboy. Yes, he is. He's also the one that put Box Cross on Deviant. <laughs> I guess Box um, Cross has got some uses. If like you've got Core Baylon no, and don't, you've got don't. <laughs> No, no, no. Rich gave me a compliment today. I want to, I want to kind of give one back. He said I was right. It's the not about something. It's the nicest thing he's ever said about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's an interesting exercise. It's, I think, when we do the characters, <laughs> oh dear God, um, that's going to probably be a longer list, and I think it's going to be that's going to be more varied. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I think there's probably going to be a lot less of a definitive this is like you know like we had a definitive number one and a definitive second and third i think i could definitely see there not being such a definitive top yeah i think it also that's a large part of that is due to the fact that plots are almost all neutral so yeah the you know faction bias doesn't really come into whether counting coppers is good or not because it's good for all the factions and all the factions can use it whereas you're much more likely to appreciate how good you know your Tyrell characters are if you're a Tyrell uh, you know fan whereas you're much more likely to appreciate your Balon or whoever if you're a Greyjoy player yeah. and so um, on and so. When, I was, when, I, when we did our the, the last episode I um, I was talking to Martin about my list just to kind of get a second set of eyes um, maybe just kind of confirm I was hoping to kind of confirm what I was thinking uh, it didn't work he, he screwed <laughs> the entire thing but he said he got like Danny number one and Cold Dragon number three which didn't even make my list uh, but he's been playing a lot of Targ. <laughs> so yeah. that's obviously influenced his choice. And he said to me, one of the first things you've played a lot of Tyrell recently, haven't you? Like, well, yes, I have. Uh, yeah, you said spoilers, so. half of Ben's list was Tyrell. <laughs> whoa, 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 40%. <laughs> what was, it? was it only four of ten? <laughs> yeah, only four. <laughs> it, it, my, my first draft was five. <laughs> so, like, I cut the uh, green apple night at the last minute, didn't I? I did, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> because I looked at it, man, there's a lot of Tyrell cards in there. 
Um, yes, so... Um, but then again, especially the characters you say, that, that's more what I'm used to seeing them. Yeah, you can appreciate how good they are because you're intimately familiar with how good they are. Yes, exactly. Whereas some of the other cards, you know... <laughs> did we mention that the one where, what was it, Matt said his controversial choice at eight was Ariane? Yeah. Martel. <laughs> we said the only thing controversial about that is why is she an eight but not in a higher in your list? Yeah. We, she was on all our lists and Matt thought he was controversial <laughs> for including her. So he was the lowest of our rating tool. I, I had Ariane at second on my list. I, I think, think she's that good. I think she was top four on my one as well. She's just, yeah, such a good card. But uh, yeah, there we go. But cool. Well, Warmer, thank you very much for correcting those. That's okay. It was very, like, I, I am a total stats geek, and so it was a lot of fun <laughs> to just get to, every time I got a list, getting to, you know, update, see, oh, that's pushed, marched above Valor, or Valor above March, oh, first snow's done good yeah. out of that list, that's moved up a couple it, of slots. It's almost a shame we couldn't have got more of these, and done like a, like, you know, in the uh, the election election night thing, we had the stats well, of hearing. Well, down, like, have a swing on the oh, <laughs> yeah. the dragon's game there, <laughs> But like, oh, that's what we're going to do if we do this again in like a year's time or so when more cards come out that's exactly what we're going to do last time in the UK Blood of the Dragon made the top 10 Let's, but you can clearly see it swung back before we end it I just want to also give one last shout out um, and that is to Pulling the Strings as the plot the highest rated plot to only feature on one list it only featured on one list but on that list it was third Someone thinks pulling the strings is the third best plot in the game, which, you know, more power to you if you like that plot that much. And I just like that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't care about pulling the strings, but it means a lot to somebody. It's a good plot. I just, it's just hard to face it that high. Oh, wait, no, I just realised who it, that was Adam East that put pulling the strings third. Okay, no, cancel that. It's oh, no, awful, awful choice. Oh. Uh, why'd you have that list? I mean, it's your opinion, but you're an idiot. Yeah, that's better. <laughs> Oh, Adam East. Uh, the man you love. The, only, the man who's made me appreciate Darren might not be the worst human being alive. <laughs> That's a pretty big thing to say. <laughs> well, we had to get the one man story Darren, uh, Darren comment of the episode. <laughs> right, um, what, quick thing, guys. I'm not saying we're going to do the next episode, but what do we do next? Do we do locations? Do we do characters? I think we can do characters because if we're gonna put a restriction on it, like we talked about only doing characters like of cost four or higher or whatever. Yes. So that A that mixes up our lists, B it makes us have to consider it more. And also the list is gonna be different to before anyway, because now Joe's gonna be on it. Yep. That's Uh, gonna be fun. And also it means we can do another list of three cost or less. Yes. (laughs) Content. (laughs) <laughs> uh, still rank all the chuds as one character. <laughs> yes, we are ranking all the chuds as one character for you, because the spoiler alert, we didn't, Whammer's top ten was basically... Like, oh, yeah, I, had, I had in fifth space all nine reducer chuds, so if yeah. I hadn't had to separate them out, they would have been fifth, sixth, <laughs> ninth and tenth, with three of them in my honourable mention. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's that. Um... Well, uh, you didn't have the one from, uh, from uh, what's it, Mel- uh, from uh, Jaff, only. That's really an men- uh, your honourable mentions. Which one, sorry? The neutral one in draft only. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not in the joust legal pool. You, you know, I actually had to pull one of those out as to proxy as a garden caretaker the other day, because I had two decks. 
Nice. <laughs> and I needed an extra. I had a banner patch and I needed one garden caretaker. So, yeah, this is garden caretaker. It kind of works, doesn't it? Yeah, good. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, uh, yeah, that's plot. So, we yeah, characters, I guess. Give it. I don't know. I guess you could include all the we, spoiled yeah. cards because we kind of yeah, know what they we are. Do, we can do, like, all of Cycle 4 and the Martell box and then we can record any time in the next three months and just release it whenever you want to exactly this is brilliant I love it okay I guess yeah I'm looking forward to getting all those characters again that was a painful list to do (laughs) (laughs) when you first start and you go right my my, my rough draft is 42 characters yeah right (laughs) <laughs> it's like, it like, okay, I'm going to stop trying to put in a list of characters that should make the top ten, and I'm going to try and find a char- list of characters that I'd consider for top five, Yeah. and then see how many I end up with. Oh, it's only 17 this time that I think should be top five. That's okay, I can work from that. Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a hard list. <laughs> that was a really hard list. But cool. Okay, well, Wama, thank you very much for coming on and doing all the data. No worries, thank you very much for having me. Before we go, I just want to bring up that we have the Brighton Charity Joust next month, and we have one more week left of our crowdsource deck for Whammer. Oh! Last year we had Ryan play a deck, which (laughs) was built up from donations, and this year we've got Whammer on. So, yeah, if you are interested in helping us build a deck for Whammer to play our then next month and potentially winning a playmat or some plot or house cards in the process I'll post a link along with the episode where you can find out more about it um, yeah so just to very quickly because not everyone will bother to click a link but some people might find it fun to hear it the gist is you pay at least a pound as a donation to Macmillan's Cancer Research um, and in exchange because- for that you first of all get to be entered in a prize draw where the winner gets a playmat, as Joe said, and the loser gets a set of house cards. Um, and you also get to choose a card that will go in my deck. Um, and the more you bid, the either the earlier you get to choose that card or the more cards you get to choose, depending on how much you bid. Oh, you're, not, you're not doing facts and an agenda this time? No, it's much more complicated than that. It's glorious. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, obviously, Mermillion's a great charity, so uh, it's a, was it you guys got, how much did you guys get last year for it? 800. 800. That's pretty awesome. Um, how, we're up to about, we got a bunch of donations today, I think approximately about £250 overall. Cool. Well, that's I know I've got £77 currently raised for my deck. Um, and that's still with a week to go and a few people who said they're going to donate so cool. either we're going to get more or people are going to get shamed both of which I'm fine with yep that's fair it's for charity so that's definitely good yeah. and then you've got a bunch of people who've signed up to play haven't you yeah a lot more promised beyond that yeah there's like we did £10 of the ticket price goes straight to charity so Gets quite a bit from the tickets. And, and this is going to be in the new um, Dice uh, Saloon location? No, it is at. Um, oh, this is the pub, isn't it? Sorry. Called King yeah. and Queens, which uh, is, I believe, is quite well known within Netrunner. Um, I've, I've also done a couple of Flames of War tournaments there, it's a really good venue. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah it's definitely. Less, I mean, it's in a pub. So, yep. charity, gaming, pub. 
Uh, that's three pretty awesome things. Yep, that's what we hope. Cool. Okay, guys, we'll definitely, uh, please definitely do check that out if you can make it down. That would be amazing. And it's really good work that Sergio and Gabby are doing. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay, guys, any other last stuff? Okay. Do you actually find this on? Nope. Cool. Wama, again, thank you very much for doing the list. Nice. And no, coming no. on. Uh, Joe, uh, thank you for making the first episode of the year. Yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Hopefully this one doesn't get lost. Oh God, please don't. I can't have another one get lost. <laughs> and guys, on that, probably, on that very worrying bombshell, it's been emotional. <laughs>